0: Locked On Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's good, Dolphins fans? And welcome to this Thursday, July 29th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and your host with the most here on Power to the pod, and it's mostly your takes, your questions, your reactions to training camp. Obviously, training camp practice with a slew of practice reports yesterday, the highs and lows of the Xavier Howard situation, to a of dropping a bomb to Albert Wilson to end practice yesterday. Lots and lots of things that we could possibly react to, but it's not up to me, it's up to you. And that's the spirit of power to the pod. And with that in mind, we're going to jump right in. Starting, of course, as we always do with the iTunes reviews, with Dan Esquire. As a Wisconsin Dolphins fan, I was curious about the possibility of a preseason Chicago meetup. I remember you mentioning it a few times earlier this offseason, just looking for some clarification Fins up and enjoy your Nationals L's whiskey. That reminds me, Dan, did the Nationals lose last night? A uh, little different recording schedule than I'm normally on. I am traveling. Uh, I'm in Kansas City on some business for the Draft Network. So uh, you're getting the podcast. It's releasing a little later, a couple hours later than I normally do. I'm recording this. I'm up uh, right now It's 6 Eastern, so 5 a.m. Central. And the Nationals did not play last night, which is a crushing uh, crushing blow to my morale. I was really hoping to explode here on the pod with another Nationals L that I missed. Uh, so as far as Chicago, Chicago is a trip that is rooted predominantly in uh, a, another business trip for the Draft Network. As, as far as we have some meetings out there. So it's not as though I'm necessarily going to be out there with absolute freedom to meet up with any Dolphins fans however I want, but I will be at the game. So I think our prime opportunity to say hello, anybody who's in the Midwest and is planning on going to the game is, I will definitely be at the game so we can look to coordinate something either immediately before, during, or after uh, to anybody who would like to say hello. Iraq. Love the podcast. First time, long-time listener since Travis. Really enjoy your style and appreciate how you inform and educate. Question. First and foremost, thanks for listening. I appreciate the feedback. Can you rank the first and second-year players that need to make the biggest jump in their performance from last year to make the team the most successful? Looking to include Tua Hunt, Jackson, Kinley, Davis, Bowden, Igbenogany, and Jones. Um... Okay, let's just let's just for the sake of this do second-year players. Let's uh, number one is Tua Veloa. period. Uh, it has to be. Uh, number two, most important, I would say, is probably Austin Jackson because he plays tackle on the outside. Robert Hunt seems destined to play guard. Uh, I would put Raquan Davis third for his value in stopping the run. What happens or does not happen with Xavier Howard, would put Igbenogany at 2 if Howard is off the team. If things stay status quo, I would probably put 201, Jackson 2, Davis 3, Hunt 4, Igbenogany 5, Brandon Jones 6, Solomon Kinley 7, Lynn Bowen, 8, just because Lynn uh, is in a room that got a lot of really high-profile additions aside of him. So I don't necessarily think that uh, he has to be a significantly better player in year two. I would love to see it, and I think it would really help, Uh, but I don't think it's a must. Uh, Dr. Brad, love the show, listen every day on my way to work. Hope you have a good day today at work. Thanks for listening. Do you think our prior poor treatment of free agent signings has influence on Howard and his holdout. The fact that this this administration will jettison a player the second they think they can get someone better. The lack of loyalty, Flo and Greer show even their captains, McCain included, has to weigh on X and his decisions. This is every team across the NFL, though. This is not exclusive to the Dolphins. This is more prominent and pronounced on the Dolphins because they flushed the entire roster down the toilet in 2019 and started from scratch and then said, hey, you know what, we don't want a rebuild that's going to cause, that's going to last three or four years like the Cleveland Browns did. So we are going to be a little bit more aggressive. This happens all the time. Players hold out plenty. Uh, do you traditionally see one and duns to this degree? No, but like... Are we really going to sit here and feel sorry for Van Noy, Shaq, Lawson, and Flowers when they got the guaranteed money that they did from Miami up front, played one year, and now get to go somewhere else? So I think it's it's amplified in Miami because of the volume of the transactions that they made to get to a competitive level. Uh, but that's life in the NFL, period. All 32 teams do this kind of stuff. As far as Zavian, and, and I will say this, uh, Zavian Howard really came out guns blazing with his public declaration of a request for a trade. Uh, but if the reports from the Miami Herald are true, and one of the solutions that was brought to the team was to take $4 million from 2024 and move it up to this year to increase his salary this year, keep his money exactly the same and just defer some money front. I would really like to see Miami just put their pride aside <laughs> and, Get that done. That is a very easy solution. And it's not a heavy lift. And if it's going to, you know, I don't know if the ship has sailed to the point now where that's not going to happen, but like as the Aaron Rodgers saga in Green Bay has showed you, like elite talents win eventually one way or another, whether it's with you or somebody else. So if I'm the Dolphins and you could tell me I can take $4 million off the books from three years from now and just move it up and cut Jakeem Grant and Clayton Fajlum and be done with this nonsense, I would do that. Dolphin Dom wants to know if it's a little premature to call the chemistry with Tua and Parker uh, ineffective, if that's premature. He had basically five games with Tua, had two touchdowns, had the 159 yards receiving. I was playing hurt, plus with Gailey watering down the offense because apparently it was designed for fits. I personally think we should all see what happens this year before jumping the gun. It's less about, in my opinion, the five games uh, because they look to link up plenty. Devontae Parker got plenty of targets over those games with Tua Tungvaloa, but you look over at the three-year sample size of Devontae in uh, 18, 19, and 20, and you track all of the metrics that we are looking at and, and use to quantify what types of receivers Tua Tagovailoa is going to have success with, yards after catch, separation, et cetera, et cetera. Devontae Parker is at the bottom of the pile in every way, shape, and form. And that's the concern for me. Do I think we'll get a chance to see it through this year? Yeah, probably. Uh, but my expectations relative I think that sometimes the easiest answer is the most simple one. And the fact that the Dolphins went out and got multiple guys who run four threes plus versus big body types, I think says quite a bit. And um you know as far as the chemistry with Tua and Parker in game action one thing that i think is pretty telling is he got plenty of targets in those games but if you look at the catch percentage so the percentage of his targets that he converted into receptions uh he was over 60% with Tua Tonga-Valoa as his quarterback twice. Uh, and one of those was the Denver game that Ryan Fitzpatrick came in in the fourth quarter and linked up with a bunch of catches. Everything else was below 50%. And his catch percentage is the Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, 4 for 4, 100%. 8 of 5, 62.5%. 5 of 5 for 100%. Uh, 10 of 12 for 83%. 2 of 3 for 66%. Uh, percent. 3 of 8 for 38%. And then the Bengals game, uh, 8 of 14 for 57%. So the the completion percentage, just looking at, or the, not completion percentage, the catch percentage on targets rate, there is a pretty significant difference between what it looks like with Fitz playing quarterback and what it looks like with Tua playing quarterback. RockAuto.com is the family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com today, write Locked On in their How to Hear About Us box, and let them know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Switching gears, Twitter questions, sent it yesterday afternoon, power to the pod tomorrow, people, you know what to do. Diving in, we got one first and foremost from Dirty Fins. I want to give him a shout-out. He said, I'm tired of asking, and my topics don't get brought up. And uh, here I am bringing you up, Dirty Fins. But you didn't attach a question to your tweet. Come on, man. Always shoot your shot. Always shoot your shot. Will K. Kyle, do you think the Dolphins will ever honor Cam Wake, i.e. allow him to sign a one-day contract and retire Finn fin if he decides to finally hang it up? I would be surprised if they don't afford him this opportunity. Guy had almost 100 career sacks in Miami. Uh, Was one of the most beloved players in the franchise in the last 15 years. So yes, I would like to think when Cam Wake decides to hang it up, he will have a place eventually in the ring of honor. Uh, I do not think Cam is going to get the Hall of Fame consideration uh, just because his playing career started so late but I do ultimately think that we'll give him the opportunity to retire as a dolphin. I would love to see that, but it doesn't seem, it seems like Cam's still kind of holding out hope to maybe get on a team. Next question comes from Paul. Can you explain what the impact of player incentives has on the cap? And if it is minimal, why they wouldn't offer more incentive to position groups for elite play? For example, 500 K for every interception over eight for Xavier Howard or passes defense or a certain number that at least, you're pay- paying for performance. That's always tough. It's great in it, it in its core because as you said you're you're if you're paying it you're happy. But you the player has to be agreeable to it too. And if he feels like you're stacking too much of the money that's like not obtainable, Maybe if you came to Xavier Howard and you said, "We'll give you 500k or 250k for every interception," he'll jump on that in a heartbeat. But if you said it at like anything over 8 we'll give you 500k per. Like him and his agent are probably gonna say, "Okay, how, what what are we gonna get as far as reward for you know, the other vast majority of snaps and production?" So. You did see player uh, incentives come into play for a number of team or a number of players on the team last year. Uh, it seemed like they went out of their way down the stretch to get Devontae Parker the ball some and, and help ensure he got his player incentive, hooked him up with some money. So uh, I think it's a really good tool, and it's all just going to be dependent on what the players agreeable to. Uh, but you can get pretty nuanced there as far as how you layer incentives – Uh, for availability, you know, per game active bonuses uh, over the season. You could do three tiers. I think that's how Will Fuller's is set up for receptions and yards. So a lot of wiggle room there. And you can effectively make the money as big or as small as you want, but that just opens up a whole other world of negotiating that often is uh, complicated because the player is going to fight for the most easily obtainable money with his representation. JC, with Fuller out week one and doubt over the fitness of Parker and Preston is a concern we go into week one with Waddle likely being wide receiver one. What sounds like Devontae Parker, whatever his issue is that he's on PUP to start camp. That's a story for another day. Um whatever that issue is, uh it sounds like it's not significant. Uh so I wouldn't be worried about Parker just yet. As far as Preston, I've kind of gone over my thoughts on Preston a fair amount. Preston, for me, is like wide receiver five or six on this depth chart. His availability to me, if I'm being completely honest, does nothing. I'm not impacted by it. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I'm not stressed about it. He's Devontae Parker's backup exclusively in my eyes. Maybe the Dolphins don't feel differently, Uh but no, I think you have enough depth at the wide receiver room, and obviously you have this slew of tight ends, and you have enough upgrades that I think they'll be fine, uh, even if Devontae Parker is on a limited basis. But he's the big one, right? And it seems like he's, uh, it's not expected to be something that lasts long into the start of the season. Mr. Stubborn, do you feel the Dolphins have done enough to upgrade their quote-unquote organic pass rush, or will they continue to have to rely heavily on the blitzes and tight coverage from the secondary? How does a scenario without X affect the pass rush? Um, I think they did well with Jalen Phillips. I think more reps for Andrew Van Ginkle is a good thing. I also like that they brought in Adam Butler. We really don't talk about Adam Butler. He's a rotational interior defensive lineman and that's not super sexy and I get it, but like he can help this team a lot with penetration and third down opportunities. So all those things add up to me a little bit more on the plate of guys who were here that did well with small sample sizes last year, a stud outside pass rusher and a really good uh, third down weapon on the interior too. I like what they did, Uh, but the, Here's the thing, and this isn't for specifically for you, Mr. Stubborn, but people. Uh, I see people's speculations of what this defense is and is not without Xavier Howard. And yes, Xavier Howard was very, very successful last year in creating turnovers and setting up short fields. But if you look at the numbers, like their average starting field position, really was not that much more dynamically boosted than it was in some of the other previous seasons for the Dolphins. And, yes, turnovers and coming up clutch and preventing scoring in the red zone, all that's critical. But this defense, by design, is going to blitz anyway. It's just a question of when you hit those... Handful of offenses across the league in which you cannot get away with doing that. What can you call upon? But I would anticipate they're going to be like the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens have been like the most aggressive team in blitz rate in the NFL for like three years running. It's who they are. This is who the Dolphins are. It's a question of if you've got to call an audible because your game plan's not working. The offensive line is picking up your your three and two man games up front. You're getting cooked across the middle because you can't carry uh, the middle crossers. What can you call upon to prevent those things from getting you once you're into a game situation? Up next, Ronaldo how the statement made by Brian Flores about stars how does the statement made by Brian Flores about stars affect the way star free agents will feel about Miami from now on uh, i'm assuming you're referring to the stars are kind of a me thing uh, i had shared that after somebody had observed on twitter that uh, brian Flores' track record with his best players is not Good. Uh, and I had shared the quote from Brian Flores. That was from 2019, August of 2019 or September of 2019. It was before he'd ever coached a single game for the Dolphins. So it was it's a two-year-old quote. It says, it's a team game. Stars are kind of a me thing. I don't. I guess I'm not. It's a team game. There are 11 guys out there and they have to work together. If you have a star that wants to do his own thing, that just won't work. I'm of the put the team first mantra and these so-called stars need to be on that page on this team. I don't think there's anything egregious there. I don't think there's anything that would be off-putting unless you're playing the game not to try and win championships. All he's asking for is let's row the boat in the same direction here, guys. Not get into a you-know-what measuring contest about how big my paycheck is. And that's the part of the Xavier Howard situation right now that probably the Dolphins brass has such a fundamental issue with that they have not been willing to discuss this with him. And then he comes out publicly and starts comparing his paycheck. So that... Him including that in there was like, ooh, I don't know if this is going to end well as far as you know any attempts to smooth this over. But again, the Miami Herald reported that one of the so- solutions that David Cantor and Zavian Howard brought to the team was take $4 million from 2024 and move it up to this year's salary. And at the end of the day, you're trying to win now. You can't trade Zavian Howard for future draft picks. If you trade Xavier Howard, you need players back that are going to help this team win in 2021. And draft picks. But you need a player who's an asset for now. And I don't know how good of a return you're going to get from that. I had some people ask me, know, well, what's realistic expectations for Dallas and New Orleans? It's like, those teams don't have anything. Are we going to trade them for a running back? That's what I struggle with the most. So at this point, it's like, Dude, take the four mil from from 2024 and move it forward. I don't know if that's still on the table. Uh, But to answer your question, Ronaldo, that's a two-year-old quote. And Miami has seemingly done quite well to attract talent and bring guys in with Will Fuller and Byron Jones. But they're also draft and development at their core. So ideally, your stars are the guys that you drafted in the first round over the last two years. Nick Owens, Fins Up from Alaska. What set of offensive personnel do you think will be Miami's most potent one this season? Man, I I have a really hard time envisioning how teams balance a group that includes a traditional tight end, if it's Adam Shaheen at the beginning of the year or Hunter Long at the end of the year, with Mike Gusecki and then your two wide receivers being Waddle and Will Fuller. You go 12 personnel with Waddle and Fuller on the field, and you can do so much. You can create so many headaches for for coverage. That would be the one that I look to uh, as far as you can still have a firm run front. You can go two by two and and put Shaheen in line and Gusecki in in a a sniffer alignment, which is one-by-one off the outside guy, uh, outside of him to the same side, and then put Fuller and Waddle in a stack alignment to the other side of the field. And now you you can present a really strong two-tight end run front, but you also have these two speedsters that you can motion out of. You can... Run RPO and do like the RPO now screen out of that they did with Jakeem Grant last year. You can attack vertically down the field and max protect and slide the like that. You can do so much. So give me twelve personnel with with Waddle Fuller, Gusecki, and then a true tight end, hand in the dirt guy on the field. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your favorite sports action. Whether you're looking for MLB. NFL right around the corner, UFC, you name it. Head over to the website on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonus and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Coming around the mountain here. Got a couple more left. Uh, Nicholas, other than Dan Marino, what's your favorite jersey to wear? Uh, I got a Jason Taylor that I thoroughly, thoroughly covet. Um, I wish I had an orange one. I used to. I'll have to go digging. I think I got some in storage from when I was like a kid kid when they had the cartoon dolphin. Uh, Kyle Adams, if Jalen Phillips is supposedly filling the Kyle Noy role... What do you see as Andrew Van Ginkle's main role moving forward? I think, and this is kind of guesswork at this point, because let's be honest, a lot of what they're going to do defensively is they're going to teach roles, and they're going to have multiple people crossing over and cross-pollinating and playing different alignments to to help really complicate your ability to identify their fronts and, and coverage. I think Van Noy is going to have his role filled some by Jalen Phillips, but also some by Andrew Van Ginkle. And Jalen Phillips, I think, is going to primarily be working between the Van Noy role and the Shaq Lawson role. So they wanted you you get a talent who is physically capable of both of those things in Jalen, where you know Shaq and Kyle are separated by 25 30 pounds and could never be interchangeable players. I think that's the first place my mind goes for how that's going to shake out. Looking for a couple more quality takes here on power to the pod. Kyle Bartfay, from a pure coverage perspective, who do you want one-on-one against an elite receiver, X or Byron Jones? I think Byron's a better athlete. X is a better cerebral player at the position. And he's got better production, so like, yeah, I'm gonna want Xavier Howard. Do so I think Byron Jones could be a team's top corner, and you'd have a perfectly good secondary depending on what else you have around him? Yes. And if Miami wants to rebalance their books and move on from Xavier Howard and have their other starting corner be a guy on a rookie contract and Noah Benogany, and you have all this competition, you got a really good backup veteran backup behind him, and Jason McCourty, like. Would it be a, a loss for Miami if they tra- have to trade Zavian Howard? Yes. Especially if it's up the, over something as silly as converting $4 million from a few years ago or from a, a few years down the road to this year. But they have enough pieces and, like, their defensive identity. Like, Brian Flores coached good defense down the stretch in 2019, and he had UDFAs off the street starting at corner like (laughs) their ability it's rooted in their team identity and one player does not make the team one player does not make the unit and i think and we've talked about this a little bit before i think with law of averages it's eventually you know 10 interceptions year over year is not sustainable but you look at the distribution of the other turnovers across the rest of the team, there was a lot of meat left on the bone last year from everybody else on the team. So if X loses 40% and he gets six this year, can the other X number of teammates across the, the rest of the team have better law of averages and, and potentially cover for four lost turnovers? Yes. In the grand scheme, I think in a net, you're looking at it. This team might, I would be willing to bet they're within three or four interceptions, plus or minus of what they did last year. Taylor Zemlick, if we were to trade Xavier Howard for Chandler Jones, what would be the appropriate value in addition coming from Arizona? So he's a little older. Uh, He is... He does want a new contract, not dissimilar to Xavier Howard. He plays a position that's more traditionally coveted by the league as a pass rusher. I think this would be close. I, I think you could probably put a day three, a day two pick in for Arizona and send a day three back with Miami to just move up some draft picks. Uh, Dolphin for life, assuming you could have either in a trade, which would you prefer, Trey Flowers or Chandler Jones? Give me Chandler Jones all day long. It's not even close. And I understand he's older, and I, I, I know that goes against the um, trends of this team, but this team is kind of going to evolve, right, now that it's expected to win now. Um, and they will be more willing to take on players who are – older, because they are in a contending window. And that's what I mean when I say, if you're going to trade Zavian Howard, you can't trade Zavian Howard for a 2022-1 and a 2023-4 or 3, just as an example. You need somebody that's going to help you win now. And Chandler Jones is the best player you could probably get that would help you win. Um, Last thing I do want to tackle, real quick, and it is uh, the Bernardic McKinney restructure, uh, which did not go the way we thought it would. Uh, he had three years left on his deal for effectively $27.5 million, including a base salary of almost $8 million this year. So you hear it got restructured, and it's like, okay, like did they convert $6 million or something into a signing bonus and prorate it over the next three seasons? Because then that way you can save no they went the other way they literally axed the last two years of the deal and they cut his salary in half So what does that mean? Why would Bernard Rick McKinney do that? I can't speak confidently to why Bernard Rick McKinney agreed to this um other than it's an opportunity to bet on himself showcase himself in the Dolphins' defense, and then go get another free agent contract, either from Miami or somewhere else, after showing he's healthy and back to 100% and showcased his worth as a player? And if that's the case, then good on you, Bernard McKinney. Like I'm excited to see what you do this year. But from Miami's perspective, I mean, they they cleared up $4 million in, in salary cap for right here, right now, with this restructure. And then they, of course doing the math, cleared another $20 million off the books for the next two seasons. That's where I'm interested. That's where I'm really interested. What are you planning on doing with this money? Do you just want to have more spending power to get back in free agency and you're always going to have your core nucleus and and every offseason just aggressively spend uh, with contracts that you can easily get out of in one to two years, and and hit like keep cycling and and try and catch lightning in a bottle. Do you have a big move in mind that you're trying to align yourself for? I don't know, but it's it's fascinating to me. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, or they're they're screwing up, or I'm not saying any of that. But it's something I'm definitely keeping my eye on because that kind of maneuver to clear up that kind of space, it's just interesting. And I'm curious to see where it goes from here if there is a corresponding move uh, that this is a precursor for, whether it's a Xavier Howard restructure or something else. You got one more show this week. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Dolphins training camp is here. Thank goodness. And Locked on Dolphins will do everything we can to be the resource that you need to enjoy training camp to the best of your ability. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fin's up. Enjoy the rest of your Thursdays. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.